Hey, it's Bryce McNabb, Emmy Award-winning director of McNabb Storytelling, an Emmy-nominated brand storytelling agency. You're listening to Storytelligent, the show that helps you leverage myth to build iconic brands. Consider this show your antidote to the marketing echo chamber. You're welcome. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how stories add value, how you can add value to your offering, your service, your brand with storytelling. And I believe the the best way to start to dive into this is for us to just examine what is value. What is it? What does it mean when we say something has value, that something is valuable to us? What does it mean when we say we value something, right? Because I would argue, or it is my position, that value is just made up, okay? There's this understanding that... um, I've stayed, stayed this before and somebody got really upset about this. They, they really wanted to, to communicate that, that there is intrinsic value, right? That value is objective, right? And um, oh, I hope that didn't come through. You know, that value is objective, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think it's got, there's a lot of subjectivity to it. I'm not saying that objective value doesn't exist, you know, I have this understanding that there is a threshold of good, of good enough. There's a specific expectation that we have, right? But I believe that expectation, that measurement, like, what does that mean that we have this expectation of value? That, that like, like, what does it, it kind of just goes back to the fact of, like, how are we even measuring value? Who is even setting the goalposts? And how do we know when we've set the goalpost at an appropriate point, okay? Like, that's what I mean. Like, so when you look up the dictionary, uh, the dictionary definition, is that, does that sound redundant? Is that redundant? I don't know. When you look up the definition of value in the dictionary, this is what comes up for what's value. The monetary worth of something, a fair return or equivalent in goods, services, or money for something exchanged. Relative worth, utility, or importance. Um, Something intrinsically valuable or desirable, right? A numerical quantity that is assigned or determined by calculation or measurement. All right, now you can say like, oh, hey, hey, in there it said intrinsic value. It said you can calculate it. It said you can measure it. Yeah, but who's setting the goalposts, right? Like, what does it mean to measure something? How are we determining something's value when we measure it, right? In order to even determine something's value, we have to to establish a baseline. And who's making the decision to establish that baseline? It's my belief that value in itself is emotional. It's when something feels correct. It's when something feels valuable, when it has worth when we've determined that there is worth to it, right? And what is worth but an impression, right? That, that's when we believe that it is valuable. So what do I mean by that? Well, if um, let's even look at something as practical as a shovel, right? A shovel, intrinsically, that design is a valuable design. Like it's designed to 
it is a tool designed to put a wedge through a piece of material and then scoop that material up to move that material somewhere else. That, that entire design is valuable. It's valuable in as much as it serves its function. And that function is derived from a need, which is derived from some sort of a pain point. There was at some time a problem when a shovel didn't actually exist and someone needed to dig, right? And it was very quickly understood that just using our bare hands doesn't quite do the job well and that just using sticks also doesn't quite doing the, do the job, that we need some sort of mechanism to scoop things out. And therefore, that design fits the bill perfectly, right? And we know it fits the bill perfectly because of everything else to do that job doesn't do it nearly as well as that does. So there's contrast that we're evaluating, but all the what, how we're measuring and building up to our baseline, and it's not to say that the shovel is the best, right? Because a backhoe is going to dig better than a shovel, and an excavator is going to dig better than a backhoe, right? But our, our baseline is established through the frustration of using inferior modes of digging something, right? That the shovel and the design of the shovel in and of itself suddenly removes that emotional frustration and it finally gives us a bit of a baseline upon which we can now build better solutions on top that are even more value a bull <laughs> that we can build better solutions on top that are even more valuable right so i believe that value is something that is felt that that we we recognize it and we regard it as as being valuable when something solves a problem that we're having that I believe value is is more often situational than we give it credit for, and that the situation is dependent upon the struggle that someone is facing and how big that struggle is and how much of a pain point that is and how appropriate a solution is to remove that struggle and remove that pain point, right? And then to the degree that a solution can remove that struggle and pain point is how valuable we believe that it is. Now, if it can go even above and beyond in removing the struggle and the pain point to the point where it literally delights us, now that it is extremely valuable. So value, if you can start to see what I'm, what I'm doing here, value is established through problems, struggle, and pain, and then solutions designed specifically to remove that struggle and pain. Now, Problems that we face in life are not all practical. We don't just get upset by practical problems. In fact, I mean, especially in the United States and other Western countries, the majority of our problems aren't actually practical because it's very, it's very easy to solve practical problems in a industrialized Western society. The majority of our problems are actually emotional, psychological, and identity-driven, philosophical problems. Those are the big, big crises that we face in a society where the majority of our needs are already met. 
So we really don't have a want for anything. And because we don't have a want for anything, we self-create our own problems. And they tend to be psychological, emotional, and philosophical problems that we face, which even puts what we now consider to be value in an even more sort of like nebulous, uh, esoteric realm of emotional value that we're giving to things that help us with these crises, right? All right, so let me get some coffee real quick. But essentially what, how we start to determine something's worth and how we start to determine something's value is establishing the, this emotional delta, right? And this emotional delta is established as the difference between how frustrated we are, right? So the level of frustration versus the level of delight that the solution provides for our frustration, okay? The, the gap, right, which I call the emotional delta, that gap between how frustrated you are and how delighted you are when faced with a solution determines worth, that gap determines the worth of that solution and the value of that solution. And so like I had just mentioned, this doesn't just apply to practical um, things solving practical problems. This is also the same thing for emotional things solving emotional problems. Like, um, like how just, man, I hate that I keep defaulting to Apple, but how Apple computers are designed not just to solve the fact that you need a computer, right? Like they're designed to reinforce your identity, to reinforce how you see yourself and, and do you see yourself as a professional creative, right? As a professional working creative, as a professional designer, as a professional videographer, as a professional marketer. If you see yourself as that, then you sure have a Apple computer, right? because it's a reinforcement of that identity. That's the value that that is providing to you. It's not just solving the, the need of, I need a new computer. It's also, I need a reinforcement of the story that I'm telling myself, okay? And I'm not just saying this just to say this, right? Like they've actually have done, people have done studies where they've demonstrated the value add that stories have to objects. So one of the best ones and most famous ones is, um, Oh, what is this This one called? Significant Objects. So if you go to significantobjects.com, you'll find the, um, this really cool story about how this group bought junk on eBay. So they, they just bought random junk items on eBay for about a little over $128. Then they took those items and relisted them on eBay, right? So your expectation would be that those items should sell for somewhere around $128 again. The only difference they made is that they wrote stories about each of the objects that they sold. When they sold those objects, they made over $3,000 on those objects, which is a way, way bigger than $128, right? The story, and all the difference was, was the story. It was the story that added just a significant value increase into the perceived value of these objects, which resulted in a quantifiable market value of the objects. This is why I love storytelling, right? So if we've covered that that's what value is, value is just merely the emotional delta between the problem I'm facing and 
what I'm receiving as the solution of that problem, how well it solves the problem. How well it solves that problem is how, how much worth I now attribute to this thing, right? And, and how much worth I attribute to it is how much value it has. And there is a level of intrinsic value within things that is dependent upon the design of that solution, right? And it's how well that solution solves the problem, but then on top of just the intrinsic value is now the delight factors. So not just the fact that it takes the problem away, but how much better it now makes my life and how much better it makes me feel and how much better it makes me feel about myself, right? Because the majority of problems that we usually face are emotional, psychological, and philosophical problems. They're, they're identity-driven problems. They're not necessarily, and I'm not saying this across the board for everyone, but, but primarily as Americans, they're not necessarily a um, fundamental need, right? The most of the stuff that we're frustrated by and stressed out by are actual wants. Like we didn't get what we want, and so we throw an adult-style um, tantrum about stuff, right? Or, I mean, the majority of the problems that I face day to day are stresses created from me overthinking things, right? Like, like something didn't happen in my business and that stresses me out. And then the entire day I'm feeling anxiety because of a story and a narrative thread that I'm ruminating over again and again and again and again. I'm self-creating the majority of my problems, okay? So, value is really the result of that emotional delta. And this is why I love storytelling, because stories are basically structured to create these emotional deltas, right? They take advantage of them. Basically, a story is an elaborated problem agitation solution copywriting formula, right? If you understand the copywriting formula problem, PAS, problem agitation solution. That copywriting formula is kind of like the, the sort of like tried and true go-to copywriting formula. In essence, you can almost think about story brands SB7 as just an elaborate problem agitation solution. Like a customer has a problem, that problem affects them on a practical situational level, on a um, emotional level, because now they're frustrated by it. It affects them on a psychological level because now that they can't solve this problem, that means that their whole day is going to be ruined, da-da-da-da-da, which now affects them on a philosophical identity level because now that they can't solve this problem, oh, that means that they're just bad at their job, right? And so that starts this negative feedback loop cycle. And so you sort of dig into that cycle. So they, one, understand hey, this person gets me because that is the problem that I'm facing. Oh my gosh, yes, that's the problem that I'm facing. Are, are you going to help me, right? But as you continue to dig into that problem, not only are you demonstrating that you understand and you empathize with them, you're also like having them kind of feel that problem and you're agitating it and then you give them the solution. So what you've done is you've brought them down into that problem and now they're frustrated, and then you present them with the solution. So the problem agitation solution formula creates, it's designed to create an emotional delta where when you present the solution, when you present your product or service, it now is seen as 
and regarded as valuable in the eyes of your target audience. That's what, that's what the copywriting formula does. This is why I love storytelling is because storytelling takes advantage of that, but it also leverages story and, and, it, and it leverages that messaging vehicle that is just intrinsically um, coded in all of us, right? Like, like our foundation, our, our identity foundation is a story. We call it a personal narrative. Stories are just, they're just how we structure information in order to communicate broader and deeper meaning with one another. But they're also... Um, what we want to hear and want to experience because they reward us for our attention, right? This is why when we get home at night, we're more likely to turn on Netflix and binge a series or binge a film than we are to jump on LinkedIn and watch a bunch of, um, or just scroll through a bunch of business content and watch a bunch of business videos, right? Like, we want to see stories. We want to be captivated by stories. We want to be engaged in stories, okay? Because stories are awesome, right? It's because they create that emotional engagement and they create that that um, uh, sort of like entertainment, if you will, to where they, they captivate us. But you'll notice like as you're watching a film, you're riding this emotional roller coaster, you know? That's by design. If you notice, if you've ever gone and seen a scary movie in a theater of people, if you can remember what that was like before this whole pandemic stuff, people in the theater got scared at the same times, right? It wasn't an emotional fluke that someone was getting freaked out um, for no reason, right? Like everyone is getting scared at the same time because those moments of fear and terror are engineered. They're intentionally designed in the film. And so stories are a way of designing emotional, shared emotional experiences, right? For the purpose of ultimately communicating a message, right? So we think about stories, even in the entertainment context, we think about what's the theme and what's the moral of this story, so when we apply storytelling within a business context, we're just using that favorable messaging platform to help us to create these emotional deltas. And it's basically the problem agitation solution framework. So a story, right? A story is a, is a chronicle of a character who wants something and endures a series of obstacles in order to get what they want, okay? You can see that there's the problem agitation solution framework inside of that definition of what a story is. You have a character who wants something, so they have a driving desire, right? There, there is a forward trajectory that helps you now understand why that character is going on this path in the first place and why they're encountering, why they're about to encounter this problem in the first place. And it also helps you to understand why this problem is so significant to the character because it's about to get in the way of their ultimate end state that they want to achieve. So a character wants something, they're desiring this ultimate end state, and they encounter a series of problems, right? So now you're, you're not just leveraging just a single problem. Now it's a series of obstacles. It's a series of problems that they, they encounter over time, right? So, and then they encounter that series of problems in order to get what they want, 
right? So then they finally do obtain that solution, and then that solution um, rewards them for the struggle that they're going through, but they're also learning lessons throughout the struggle. So you're also able to not just position something as rewarding, but communicate wisdom and communicate lessons through storytelling as you're, um, as you're telling the story. <laughs> okay, does that, does that make sense, right? So you've basically just taken the problem agitation formula, but now you've, you've made it more complex and the complexity now adds that interest. And so you're still creating that emotional delta because, but now it's your, what the character usually wants is a specific object, but within stories, that specific object reflects upon that character's identity. It reflects upon their 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 sort of like entire worldview, right? Um, if we think about uh, Luke Skywalker, right? He wants to get off Tatooine, right? Like, and he wants to get off Tatooine because he feels this pull inside of himself to become this this um, starfighter, right? But you start to understand that that like what he really wants is for to not just be succumb to a lowly existence as a farmer there's something inside of him that wants to go on adventure that knows that he's meant for a greater life quest and he doesn't understand why that drive is there and throughout the story you understand why that drive is there is because he's destined to be a jedi right and it's only until the end where he is a starfighter He's in the X-Wing, and then he utilizes the Force to blow up the Death Star, thereby now becoming this greater person, because now he's solidified his journey to become a Jedi, right? Does that make sense? So your, your end state within that story is often a transformational future that you're hoping for. So even if the characters doesn't fully understand it at the beginning, it's this transformational future. It's, it's an identity crisis. So as problems start to happen, they don't just annoy the character. They cause an identity crisis for that character. My entire person is at stake because of these problems, that these problems are threatening who I am. Okay? So it's, it's even exaggerating that emotional delta to like fantastical levels right? So when you finally do present the solution, like, man, not only are they like grateful, they're also rewarded because now they, they see this solution as something that helps them become that ideal version of themselves. So that's essentially what storytelling is. Storytelling is just like matching the ideal state with your target customer. Your target customer has this ideal state. They have in their minds this understanding and this vision and this dream of who they want to be and who they're trying to become, right? Like that is where they're going and that's where they want to go. And what you're doing through that story is reflecting that ideal state back to them and showing them that in a mirror, which helps them understand that not only do you empathize with them, but that way 
now it gives them the understanding of like, oh, wait, they also, they know the path forward. I need their help, right? So you've presented presented that to them, just the same way that Obi-Wan presents that to Luke when he meets him on Tatooine. Not only does he know that he can help him get off the planet, but that's when he gives him the lightsaber, which is sort of this, this um, magical trinket that really reflects upon the greater transformation that Luke will now go through as he learns to be a Jedi, okay? So, so it's like kind of meeting your target audience in that space and then showing them that. So that way they don't just see your offering as a solution to their problem. You, they see your offering as a way to get off the planet they're stuck on, as a vehicle for the ideal state that they're hoping for right? And that is the power of storytelling. And that's how stories add value. And, and as you begin to leverage the power of storytelling, it really allows you to now not just delight customers through the, um, through your offering and through your service, but to delight them also through your marketing as well. All right. Hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, you can find me at McNabb underscore storytelling on Instagram, and I will see you in the next one. Take care.